0: Turning again this morning to the book of Judges, and I want you to open at the chapter 10, please. The book of Judges, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, the book of Judges, and just open at chapter 10. The American preacher and author Chuck Swindle said that when he was in university at a chemistry class, the lecturer took a frog and put the frog into an open top beaker of water, put a Bunsen burner underneath it and gradually, very gradually, turned up the heat. The frog never made any attempt to get out. has settled down causally and died peaceably, boiled to death. If you'd have put that frog into a pot of boiling water, he wouldn't have stayed very long. Nor would you if you put your finger into boiling water. But you see, the frog got climatized to, us, to it. And what happened to the frog happened to the children of Israel when they crossed over into the land of Canaan, and it happens to us. We take our heritage for granted. We take our blessings for granted. We settle on our lease, we lie back like the frog, and instead of being in the conflict zone, we're in the comfort zone. And then we wake up one day and we realize it's too late. We say our prayers, we go to the odd meeting, we throw in a few pounds into the box. Shake hands. Say, I'll see you next week. And if the weather's good, you mightn't. We take for granted these things. The thing that you need to remember about the children of Israel when they crossed over into Canaan is this. They didn't give up the worship of Jehovah altogether to mingled their sacrifices with the gods of the other nations. Isaiah 26 says this, They had other lords beside thee and that had dominion over them. To keep in harmony and to keep in peace they worshipped the false gods, but held on to Jehovah. And that was contrary to God's commandments and God's word. Thou shalt have none other gods before me. Among Joshua's last words to the people was choose you this day whom you will serve. And they said we will choose the Lord. And in chapter 2 of Judges at 110 years old Joshua died. And for a period of time There was great peace, and they served the Lord. But then they broke away, and the other gods enticed them, and they went into the high places to worship with them. They married to the Canaanites. They worshiped at the groves. They paid tribute money to the enemy that was in the land that they should have rooted out. And time after time, in this book of Judges, it says that the people of God, they did evil in the sight of God. And sin and rebellion, idolatry and immorality ruled. And invariably, as he always does, God withdrew from them. And that began what we call the cycle of the Judges. There were eight cycles in the book of Judges. And every cycle, they went down into sin, then into slavery. Then there was supplication. They cried unto God and then there was salvation. God in his mercy all every time answered their cry. And as they called and cried unto God in their trouble and we're all good at that. And when things are going well we don't cry and call as much as we can or as much as we should. And that's what God says. He says I'll put thorns in your side. I'll send scorpions amongst you. I'll annoy you and I will vex you in order that I can get your attention. And God does that. And so often, when our health is good and when all is going well with the family and all is going well with the finances, all is going well with the marriage, God is forgotten. But in his loving kindness, when we call, he he comes and he answers. And we all know of that this morning of the grace of God and the mercy of God when he steps into situations in our life. And many of us are like the frog this morning bit by bit by bit by bit. We go to sleep. Bit by bit, the reading goes. Bit by bit, the altar goes. Bit by bit the prayer meeting goes. Bit by bit the prayer, the, the the gospel meeting goes. The table goes. The witnessing goes. Before we know where we are, we're spiritually asleep. And I say to you this morning: It's time to wake. It's time to wake and jump out. Thirteen times in these cycles. As the nation cried unto God, He raised up, rather He raised up thirteen judges in these times of the cry, over a period of three hundred and fifty years. And as I said last week, about most of you would get about four of these judges, but remember the thirteen of them, and remember God's bringing them, bringing us into a situation here the worst that ever was in Israel the times of the judges. There was no fear of God before their eyes. And God selects men, and he selected one woman as judges to rule over the people. When they cried unto God, when they saw the enemy so tight against them and everything was failing and everything was down, they cried to God. But well, you know their word was to drive out the enemies. Joshua told them to drive them out. Moses brought them in to drive them out. It was their land. It didn't belong to them. And it doesn't belong to them today either. It doesn't belong to the Palestinians. It doesn't belong to the Philistines. And the Philistines were the worst enemies. And the Palestinians are the worst enemies of Israel today. And Israel has a right to fight. Fight! For the land that God gives them. And God raised up judges one after the other. And you'd be fortunate this morning if you got four of them. Gideon and Samson and Deborah and Barak maybe. What about the other nine? And it's out of these nine that I have selected three for these meetings. Three of the obscure people that we know little or nothing about. Last week we looked at the man who came from nowhere, Shamgar, the plowman the farm had, who with an ox gold slew the worst of the enemies, 600 Philistines. What a mighty victory he won. He did what he could with what he had where he was. And I put another wee bit onto that. I said, when there was time, was the time short? God put Shamgar up there with the big boys. He says about Shamgar, he also delivered Israel. Now, the reason that I'm choosing these nobodies who became somebody's in the eyes of God is that they represent probably 98% of any congregation of God's people. Behind the scenes, there are workers in this hall. Behind the scenes, there are those in God's work who never get a name, who never get a mention, who never on the pulpit. But they're as important to God as anybody else. And you're important to God this morning and never think that you're no use, never think that you're no good, never think that you're a nobody in the eyes of God. When the crises arise, I have found over 31 years, when the crises arise in the assembly, there'll be men and women who will stand up and they'll come up out of the cover. You know, on Monday night and Tuesday night, I came down to the meetings here, and it was a pleasure to sit in uh, amongst those who are arranging the Bible week and the Friday night workers. It was also a pleasure to sit in on the Tuesday night with the Sunday school staff and workers, men and women busy at home, busy with families, busy with business, yet giving up their time to come in and to help and to pray and with great compassion thinking about the work of God and the work of the children. That's commendable. And my friend, you're just as important in the eyes of God as I am or anybody else. And thank God for you. And you keep on doing that. You're not doing it for men. You're doing it for God. You leave your family and leave your wife and take time and come. You're doing it for God. And I want to encourage you this morning. I want to encourage you this morning, you know, if you do the cleaning of this church, you do it for God. Those that play the music, those that do the taping and the sound there, those that pray, those that weed, those that stand at the door with Glenn, my friend, we're doing it for God. Those who put the glass of water up, those who make a cup of tea for those at the park, and those who come and sit in their cars even, you're there for God. And as long as we do it for God, remember that he will bless us for, for even a cup of cold water given in his name, he will bless us. So don't think that you're nobody. Don't think that you're no use in the eyes of God. There's things that you're doing that nobody knows anything about. And there's things that you can do. You can do. That God will bless you for doing, for doing it for him. So I want you to remember the context that we're in here. We're in three hundred and fifty years of the worst of the Israel's days. We're in the days when there was no God, when there was no fear of God before their eyes. We're in the days when they were down into sin and into the depth of despair and darkness and immorality when they were shamed, when the Philistines come in and took every sword out of the land. When there was no sword and there was no farming implements mocked them and the robbed them and, the, and done everything that they could with them until men stood. Men like Shamgar, men that we know very little about, like this one we're going to look at this morning. And oh, we're so good at looking at Gideon and we're so good at looking at Samson, but I can tell you that Shamgar done as much as Samson did. Shamgar never, never courted the Philistines. He never lay with them. He stood his ground and with that old thing that he had there in that field when they came to take his family and take his wife, he stood and he fought. Fight for your children. Fight for your wives. Fight for your church. Fight for your family. Fight against the sodomites. Fight against the lies that's going on. Stand. We need to stand in these days. So we're at chapter 10 and verse 1 this morning. And there's more in an obituary column of some man's death than there is of this man here this morning. Look at him. And after Abimelech there arose to defend Israel, Tola, did you ever hear of him before? The son of Pua, the son of Dodo, a man of Issachar, and he dwelt in Shamer in the Mount Ephraim. And he judged Israel twenty and three years and died and was buried in Shamar. Now I want you to cast your eyes back at verse 1 and get this wee word into your mind, they arose to defend. Now that's the only judge that says that that didn't rise to deliver Israel. He rose to defend Israel. And as I go on with our message this morning, I will explain what that what that means. He defended it for 23 years. Tola. It's very sad that many commentaries don't mention this man. And some of them that do describe him as small fry, a very minor judge. And I think that's because he wasn't Battling with a noxcoat or a sword or a jawbone of an ass. But he had a greater task to do. And if you come to study the rascal that went before him, Abimelech, you'll discover that this is a real gem put in here by God for our encouragement this morning. So the first thing we want to look at this morning is the type of tola. And I suggest to you that he was a steady man. He was a steady man. It says that he dwelt in the hill country of Shammar. He was born there, he lived there, he died there, and he was buried there. That's so what you get out of those verses. He was born there, he lived there, he died there, and he was buried there. This was the heartland of the nation. This was this place where the place where the, where the enemy struck first. He would have went through the terrible days of Gideon. Maybe he was one of Gideon's 300 men, I don't know. But I want to say this, a man or woman like Tola, who's steady and faithful in the assembly of God, are worth their weight in gold. This boy wouldn't flit about now or God wouldn't have touched him. This would be a guy that would be here on Sunday morning, he'd be back on Sunday night, he'd be at the midweek. He's steady. And when God's looking for a man to encourage, and that's what he did, and to defend and to comfort the people of God, he looks for Tola. Because he knows he can trust them. Can he trust you this morning? Are you steady this morning in the house of God where you belong to? He was steady and he was ready. Now watch the verse again, verse 1. And when God called him to the post, it says that he arose To defend Israel, there was no remonstrating, no arguing. God said, "Tola." He said, "Here am I, Lord." He didn't try to talk his way out like Moses. He didn't. He didn't try to sing his way out like, uh, run his way out like Jonah, or plead his way out like Gideon. He was ready. Lord, Tola, I need you at this particular period. The things are bad. The Abba Black has left the place in an awful state. Read it. Read the 57 verses of him. He has left it in a terrible state. The people are confused. They don't know where to turn. They're demoralized. The, the trouble is not from without, the trouble is from within, is in amongst the people of God, and I need a man, not to battle with a sword. But I need a man to encourage and to comfort and to defend the people. And Tola says, Here am I. Should God call you this morning, are you ready? Hmm? Maybe there's some young man in this meeting this morning and God saying to you, young man, I say unto you, arise. Right, he calleth thee. Did you ever ask the Lord? Did you ever get down before the Lord? Did you ever say, Lord, here am I? Whatever you want me to do, I'll sell my home, I'll leave my family, I'll do what you want me to do, I'll, I'll do whatever you want, but I'm here am I, Lord. I tell you, it's time that some you jumped out of the pot. The king's business requires haste, and God's looking for men, and he's looking for women. We're looking for Sunday school teachers. We're looking for people for the Bible week, for the five-day clubs. Maybe God wants you on a beach mission. Maybe he wants you as a missionary. Maybe he wants you with the CEF workers in Dublin. Are you ready to rise? Have you ever spread things like that before the Lord and said, Lord? Maybe there's a young man or woman here, this young man here this morning and you're not saved. Awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead this morning, and Christ shall give you light. Maybe there's some here this morning and you're safe for years and you're not baptized. Why tarriest thou? God says to you this morning, Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins. The, the type of this man was he was steady and he was ready. And may God give us Men and women like that in these days. But the next thing we see about this man is his title. Tola. He is a powerful title, this man. Now what's the verse 1. And after Abimelech arose to defend Israel, Tola, the son of Pua, the son of Dodo, a man of Issachar, What do you think of that? You see, in these days, people were known in their works and in their actions by their names and by their titles. His grandfather was Dodo. That word in the original Hebrew means loving kindness. It's an old Hebrew word for love. Dodo. You often hear them saying nice wee oh wee nice wee do do. Nobody ever says that about me. That's for one sure thing. And there was a soother for the children, you know, and they called it the wee do do. The, well, they still have it there, the dummy tip or whatever you call it. It was the only thing I said that increased in value in short hours. You see, at twelve o'clock in the middle of the day, it's worth nothing. Twelve o'clock at night, it's worth fifty pounds. So we soothe her. And you all know about it, and it's great to have it at one o'clock in the morning. And that word dodo comes from the word comes from the word love. Now his father's name was Pua And that word in the original Hebrew means the blast of wind or breath. It speaks of the Holy Spirit. Tola! Do you know what Tola's name means? Cock your ears this morning and take this in if you take nothing else. Tola's name means a worm, a crimson worm. The Hebrew word is Tolaf. Do you know anything about an ancient Eastern worm? It's not like our worm, a big long boy. It's about the size of a grub or the size of a big pea or the size of a maggot. Now, I'm not an NIV man, but the Encyclopedia of the second edition of the NIV has a powerful commentary on the Eastern Worm. That's this fellow's name. You'll see what God's at, and you'll see what I'm at in a minute. When the Eastern Worm came to give birth, and they only give birth once in their short life. They climbed up a tree trunk. The female climbed up a tree trunk and glued herself and welded herself to the tree and laid her eggs. And when she was laying her eggs, she literally exploded, burst. And she sprayed the Tolaf, the crimson blood, over the young ones. And then the young ones eat the body parts of the mother to strengthen them. And came down the tree to carry on. Meanwhile, those, that part that was glued to the tree after three days in the sun, it turns as white as snow and fell to the ground as white as snow. Now, what does all this tell us this morning? Why have I chosen this man this morning? Well, it tells us this morning that the grandfather speaks of the love of God. His Father speaks of the Spirit of God. His Son told us speaks of the Christ of God. Remember Psalm 22. Psalm 22 begins with the saying of the cross and ends with the saying of the cross. Psalm 22 begins with, Why God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And ends with, It is finished. Peter calls the cross a tree, and Paul calls it a tree. Jesus says, Do you remember what Jesus said in that psalm? He says, I am a worm and no man. And what he was saying to us and we are to think about when he said that was he was talking about the tolof. That when he went up onto that tree and give birth, that the spattering of the blood upon us and that we, the children of God, feed on the body of Christ, that's what we're going to do round the table. This is my body which was broken for you. And on that cross he hung my friend there between the thieves and he literally burst because they put the spear up into his her blood and water came out of his heart, and the blood that smattered from that cross cleanses us from all sin. And that part that was left there that turned white and it fell to the ground as white as snow, Isaiah says, "The our sins be as crimson, they shall be white as snow. Though the red like crimson they shall be as wool. And my dear friend, this morning, listen, we have in this lovely we passage this morning, Christ dying for our sins, forgiving our sins, and casting them into the sea of God's forgetfulness. I'm a worm and no man, he said. I crawled up the tree. I glued myself and kneeled, was nailed to the tree. I shed my blood and spattered my blood for the sins of men and women. I give them my food and my body and my word to eat and to feast on to strengthen them for the journey. And I took their sins and I cast them into the sea of my forgetfulness. Blessed Lord, blessed man this toll. Blessed man this toll is. God's looking for a man. And when God's looking for a man in the assembly of God, when He's looking for a man to steady things, when He's looking for a man to help things, when He's looking for a man to defend things, when He's looking for a man to bring bring things back from times of trouble and trials, I'll tell you, He needs a man. He needs a man like this. He needs a man filled with the love of God. He needs a man filled with the spirit of God. He needs a man filled with the Christ of God to shepherd and to oversee, oversee the flock. Of course, another lovely thing about the worm is that it's humility. Trampled underfoot. And I tell you, when we get into that place of humility, when we gaze upon the cross and we think of what Christ has done, when we get into that place, my friend, filled with the Spirit, with the love of God in our hearts, We'll come down into a humble position. And any time I ever hear a believer saying that man or woman will not walk over me, I put a big question mark over their salvation. I put a big question mark over their spirit life anyway. Oh, she'll not walk over me. My friend, that's exactly what the worm is. crushed underfoot. And he crawled that tree for you, and he crawled that tree for me, and he was nailed there for our sins. But you see, you not only have the type of Tola and the title of Tola, you have the tribe of Tola, and we're not going to have time to do that this morning. He was from the tribe of Issachar. Very interesting tribe, the tribe of Issachar. Some wonderful studies in it. But if you were asked of most people, anybody with a wee knowledge of the word, maybe, if you asked them about the sons of Issachar, the tribe of Issachar, they would say to you, well, they were the tribe that understood the times. And the where. Now I want you to turn just before we close, on over to First Chronicles chapter 12. And instead of dealing with the tribe, we'll deal with the times of the tribe as we close. First Chronicles chapter 12 and verse 32. And of the children of Isaac, which were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do, the heads of them were two hundred, and all their brethren were at their commandment. This is the type of man and men that God drew from to defend his people. And for 23 years, this man defended Israel. Now, the very point is this. The reading in chapter 10 started off with, After Abimelech. I want to suggest you that the times of Abimelech were wicked and evil times, like the times we're living in this morning. And there's few men discerning the times today. You read the story of Abimelech. God didn't raise him up for a start, and God didn't call him for a start. His mother and his family concocted and got him into office. And thank God he was only in for three years, for he wrecked the whole place. Read the story a bit. And they left the children of God that they didn't know where they were. They were not only fighting from without, they were fighting from within. And if we are going to fight from without, my friend, we need to be united within. I'll show you that in a moment. If we're going to take on the enemy that's out there and around us and in our families and our children, we'll need to be together. You read that chapter before that, chapter 9, sometime. He was known as the carnal judge. The wicked king. We could go on in there and we can take types and pictures of the Antichrist out. But we're having time this morning. But he was amongst God's people. He never was appointed of God. He and his mother and family voted him in. He burnt the people out of their houses. He bribed the sons of Baal and he murdered 70 sons of Gideon. All for power and for money. Some describe him as a madman. And there was no fear of God before his eyes. So when God's looking for a man, he searches and he finds Tola with a background like he had. Brought up with the love of God and the Spirit of God and the Christ of God. Humility. And here we have now a man who understood the times. Now the first thing as we close I want to show you about this text is this. At the end of the text, go to the very end of it, you see they're uniting. And all their brethren were at their commandment. Two hundred of them. That were all together, the 200 heads were all together. I tell you, if you have division in a diagonal, if you have division in, a, in an oversight of a church, you have trouble. Unity. Where the brethren dwell together in unity. There will I command the blessing. And the blessing will flow down from the head, down to the feet, and not touch the flesh. Oh, when the flesh gets into the meetings, when the criticising, the bad mouthing, and the whispering, and the clicks and the car park I know all about you're in trouble. You're in great trouble. But this man was from a tribe here who, at this point, were united. Now, you see they're uniting. Secondly, you see they're, discer- they're discerning. They understood the days. They understood the times. Understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Well, these were perilous times These were evil times. But they understood them. Would to God that we would know, my friend. Would to God that we would understand what's going on in these times in which we live. Many of God's people are oblivious. We're like the frog. We're in our comfort zones. As long as we are all right, it doesn't matter. my friend, the greatest threat, one of the greatest, some of the greatest threats that ever come to the church is coming to us now in these last days. When those who stood for truth and stood for faith and told us what to do are now capitulating. Will we go also? Well, I'm saying I'm not going down that road. And unless we stand for the truth and not be afraid of men and not be afraid of political correctness, unless we stand for the word, as the word says, and God hates, and I'm taking just out one, the Sodomites, God hates it. And it's abomination. And as long as I have breath, I'll preach against it and stand against it. for well, there's nothing but more trouble to the heart of God than it. And we're supposed to accept it. Or if we don't, we're supposed to say nothing. We're in the days when people need to stand. And my friend, let me say, you'll not stand unless you're filled with the Holy Ghost. You'll not stand unless you're saturated in the Word and in the cross and in the blood. It's time to wake up. We've been warned to sleep. And one day we'll wake up and it'll be too late. And we'll say, it'll be no excuse to say, well, I am no good. I am no use. I couldn't preach and I couldn't pray. We're not saying that. God gave you a gift as well as He gave me a gift. And I remember well the days that he called me to exercise my gift. I'll tell you, it wasn't easy. And it hasn't been easy since. And I'll tell you, it's blessed. It's blessed. And you have a gift. If it's only to sit on the bus amongst the children, you're doing it for God. And so... You see they're uniting. You see they're discerning. But you see they're obeying. They know what Israel ought to do. They knew what they ought to do and they've done it. And if you read and follow up by Isaac, you'll find that they've done it. And you'll find that they stood with Deborah and they stood with Barak and they stood in the worst of times with them. They knew what to do. They not only considered the days and the need and the times, but they did it. And whatsoever your hand findeth to do, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it now, with all your might. Do it before we sleep in death, and it's too late. And remember this as it close. Time is short. Death is sure, judgment is certain, eternity is long, heaven is real, Jesus is coming, and he's coming soon. God bless Tola, and God bless you. Amen.